Hey, welcome to the Jesus, Sex, and Politics podcast. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And here we talk about all the things culture doesn't want to talk about. That will scare you. So today in the studio, we have an amazing guest. Uh, she has been fighting the good fight when it comes to standing for life in America, fighting abortion and the atrocities that that is. Uh, she's been up in Northeast Indiana. And really, if, you, if you're in politics in Indiana at all, you know this lady. Uh, awesome, awesome woman. Her name is Kathy Humbarger. Kathy, thank you for joining us here on Jesus, Sex, and Politics. So great to be with the the renowned Micah Beckwith. <laughs> I, um, I don't know about that. I, well, I hear you carry a pretty big stick uh, well they say speak softly and carry a big that's stick true. so there we go that's I, true I don't, I don't know nathan do i speak softly though maybe that's uh, the part no. i gotta I, you know it's I it's, work uh, it's always truth with grace right? there you go you could take a poll and i'll bet that uh, uh speaking softly it's would not, not be not a, what a, people think about me that's exactly right a character <laughs> trait that would be high on everybody's list but uh, we certainly funny. need those who carry a big stick and you certainly do yeah well thank you thanks for being here if uh for our listeners who don't know who Kathy is and what she's been doing. She has been the director of Northeast Indiana Right to Life for 20 years up in the Fort Wayne area. They probably, in my opinion, are one of the strongest Right to Life uh, communities in in all of Indiana and then maybe even uh, in, this, in the nation too. But she's really led the charge on standing uh, in the way of abortion. And I, I think what you're doing now, you just retired in January. Well, not retired okay. exactly. I, I was wearing three pro-life hats and now I'm wearing two okay <laughs> you just gave up so, a hat so that's, all you did. that's so. right that's right slowing down there you go well and so tell us what you're doing now you're working with an organization called reprotection reprotection yes so um over the years we have had an opportunity to be the watchdog for uh, enforcement with the notorious abortionist um, Ulrich Klopfer in northeast indiana and uh, it all began when I looked out my window and I was right next door to um, Klopfer's abortion facility. And I looked out and saw he didn't have a wheelchair ramp. And when the women would come out after their abortion, they would have their arm around the friend that brought them and another arm around the staff member or the staff from the abortion facility. And they would stumble down the steps and literally be dragged across the parking lot and collapse in the back seat of the car. So I'm thinking to myself, why doesn't he have to have a wheelchair ramp? My church has to have a wheelchair ramp. And as I investigated further, I found out that down the street, the sex club had to install an elevator so that their wheelchair-bound clients would be able to enjoy the entertainment on the second floor so it seems like a pretty wide range of uh, businesses that have to have wheelchair ramps, businesses and organizations. So that was back under the Obama administration. Of course, I um, didn't get very far with filing complaints, but um, it occurred to me that I, I just wondered what else is going on behind the closed doors of that abortion facility that... Um, he's the other violations for other things so anyway long story short uh we were able to shut down um Ulrich Klopfer's three abortion facilities in Indiana and um w his license was suspended we filed over 2,000 complaints based on public information documents that we received and um then uh, my friend David B. Wright, who's the founder of 40 Days for Life, came to me and said, how'd you do that? And I said, 
I don't know. I just, you know, see a door, turn the knob and see what the Lord's going to lead us to do. So um, from that came the National Organization Reprotection. And those much younger than me in marketing tell me that smushing two words together is the marketing thing now. (laughs) So we took um, reproduction and protection and smushed them together. And it's uh, reprotection. So we incorporated in January of 2020. 20 and um, it was is pretty lean 2020 trying to keep it together but the momentum is growing we've now had the opportunity to close down an abortion facility in Florida and we were able to uh, assist the people on the ground in New York of all places to keep a Planned Parenthood f- facility from opening based on EPA regulations wow. so um that's how we got to where we are. That's what reprotection is all about. So you're sort of using the government's own regulations against them in a, in a lot of ways, and against right. the well. Yeah. What I found, Micah, and that's uh, part of of the issue that I'm here to talk about today. But um, we elect pro life legislators, and we should, and then we come alongside them and help them draft pro life legislation, and we should. But what we learned is that the people who are charged with enforcing those laws aren't doing it. Mm. So we're the uh, reprotection is kind of like the policeman um, for the abortion industry and nefarious abortionists. And I could tell you stories that would curl your Mm. hair um, about the things that these um, abortionists are doing. So, um, anyway, that's a little bit about my background. Uh, and, and it's all to God's glory. Um, I didn't go into this thinking, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, but my motto is get up, dress up and show up and see what God asked me to do. (laughs) Kathy, I just, I want to just say this on behalf of, uh, of so many Hoosiers, you know, Americans in general who just, who absolutely despise abortion. And and want to see it stopped at all costs. Mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you, oh. yeah. thank you so much because you know a lot of a lot of us are out there going. What exactly do we need to do other than vote? Right? We vote. Right. We speak up. We post about it. We you know maybe if you're preachers you you preach about right. it. You try to change hearts and minds. But I just want to thank you for allowing the Lord to give you any good idea you could possibly have. <laughs> well, we continually, awesome. we continually pray that the Lord would reveal to us the information that we need to know in order to hold these abortion um, abortionists and the abortion industry accountable. And it's amazing how he brings that information to our, our attention. Um, and Praise thank you God. for recognizing that it's all God. I made a deal with God. For any of you who've ever done that, it can be a bit dangerous. But <laughs> we just preached on this. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> when I started um, in the mid 1980s on pro life advocacy, um, there was a situation that came up that I thought that God had really blown it because He didn't save a baby. I thought He should. Uh, so we had a heart to heart conversation, and um, the the uh, result was that. I promised the Lord uh, that I would take no glory for the successes, and he told me, I mean, I didn't hear an audible voice, but it was in my heart, that I wouldn't need 
to take responsibility for the things that I view as failures. So it's worked out really well. Mm. Um, all glory goes to God, of course. Amen. That's cool. Amen. So we, uh, we, we see you doing good work in Indiana, but on a national stage, we have Dobbs v. Jackson right now. Yes. And so one of the things that I, I, I really appreciate about you, Kathy, is your, your forward thinking. So give us an update on the Dobbs case, where that's at. If, if, is there a likelihood that Roe could be overturned? And if so, will it be completely abolished in America or will it be thrown back to the states? And if it's thrown back to the states, what do Hoosier legislators need to do now so that in June, when they're saying it's likely to mm -hmm. be ruled on, that we don't find ourselves with our pants down saying, oh, well, now, now, we gotta, now we've got to take the onus and we could see how many more children get murdered because we just weren't ready. So what do we have to do? Right. This is all, I'm motivated uh, entirely by the baby's lives that can be saved and how can we do that the quickest so that we don't lose one more life to this atrocity that we absolutely have to. I was blessed to be on the steps of the Supreme Court on December 2nd when the Dobbs case was argued. And um, at a dinner that evening, uh, the, the keynote presenters were those who have been invested in the life issue for decades, the legal minds, the attorneys, and they typically don't uh, do a victory dance ahead of time. But the optimism was, uh, you could cut it with a knife. Wow. wow. So um, everyone who is much more informed than I am from a legal perspective anticipates that the Supreme Court uh, in the Dobbs decision will most likely return the authority back to the states. We've been, I don't need to tell you, we've been disappointed by the Supreme Court many times. Yeah. So it's difficult to predict exactly what they'll do. Um, but if they're correct and the authority goes back to the states, it is critically important that states that are not prepared for, uh, row to be overturned, that they're ready so that they can save, uh, those states can save babies on the day the Supreme yeah. Court returns their decision. When, when we went to the Indiana right for life was that just right Hamilton County? No, that, that was that was the whole state, that was right? State, yeah. That was in the, their <clears throat> Gala in December. Yeah. Yeah, 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 which was practically a church service. It was so great. <laughs> I mean, uh, it was awesome. Um, but one of the things that they had mentioned were, you know, hey, we get we get our ducks in a row. We could save four thousand lives if if we're ready to go in June. Uh, that was one of the numbers they threw out, and. I know that motivated our church to, yeah. to give uh, because we're like, holy cow, man, if that's the truth, yeah. then then what what decision do we need to get behind in order to, you know, uh, okay, so legislators who were there, you know, they're hearing about this as well, but as those who are their constituents, what do we need to do to breathe down people's necks to make sure we can save every life as if, if, you know, I know you, what you just said in, in terms of, you know, the Supreme Court has disappointed us so many times before, but, but man, if this goes through, what, what do we do to be ready on day one? Well, if I could uh, respectfully disagree with the strategy that was explained that evening. Yeah, go ahead. Um, the uh, uh, Indiana right to life, and this is, I'm, I'm not here to stir the pot or pick a fight or anything. I, I will. 
<laughs> we like to hear dissenting Well, you know, that's I not, have awesome. so few friends left in the state of Indiana <laughs> that I guess picking a fight with one more won't really matter. But as uh, the strategy was laid out that evening, and I yep. was there too, uh-huh. um, it was explained that the strategy of Indiana Right to Life was to wait until the decision is handed down. Okay. And then call for the governor to convene a special session so that the legislators then would come back in so, late June or July and and decide based on the outcome what to do. I disagree with that. Uh, there is a way, a legislative way to make abortion illegal the day the Supreme Court decision is handed down right now. Um, and without calling a special session, and it, it the, the legislation is written so that if the Supreme Court does not return the authority to the states, no harm, no foul. So, but this legislation would be in place so that the if we get a good uh, a decision, which everybody anticipates, we would save babies from the day the decision is handed down and not wait for the governor to call the legislators back into session, the Democrats aren't yeah. going to come. Uh, the, so can the, I? And we've done that in other places, if I'm not mistaken. Isn't there? We, isn't there legislation that's written that, that like if this should change? This well, so goes that's into the effect. that's the question, the constitutional question. We'll get into that in a second. But for people listening, that just to back up a little bit, Indiana is a part-time legislate legislature. We meet from January to March, mm-hmm. or maybe April in the long sessions. Yeah. But it's March 15th yes, this year. Yep, yeah, March 15th. So we are going to be done with any lawmaking and all the legislators leave the only person who can call the legislature back in to do any business is the governor that's from a constitutional indiana constitution perspective other states are different some states like i think new hampshire is a full-time legislature i mean Mm -hmm. but but this in indiana we have it's important that we get our ducks in a row because if june or july happens and it's thrown back to the states we won't be in session i highly doubt governor holcomb is going to call the legislature back in because he's not very pro-life he he's pro-life on on you know quote-unquote pro-life when he needs the votes exactly but, but he's not he he's he really is not a a solid like a principled abortion has to end person so so we can't rely on that personally but but to the constitutional perspective of mm-hmm. that so i know there's been constitutional arguments that you can't legislate for things that may happen in the future but we have done it in the past I, I- We've done it many times, uh, and the the legislators understand this, um, especially those that have been in office when that kind of uh, legislation has been passed. It's also it's called trigger language, right? Well, the the uh, the language that we're proposing is was was called trigger language. We're not calling it that now. We're calling it contingency because nobody wants to pull the trigger in this uh, current culture. So anyway. <laughs> or, or, I love when we pull right. the trigger. I know. I know. Or it could be for the leftists out there, you could be triggered. So this could be a leftist bill oh, or, you know, so. Yeah, what, whatever. But anyway, <laughs> whatever. back to your original question. This has been done before. Legislation that's been challenged in court based on the fact that it, the legislation was passed pending a future um, a decision or, or something happening in the future has stood court challenge all the way up to the Indiana Supreme Court, which is the ultimate because this is the Indiana Constitution. So I've been working with uh, the one of the recognized lawyers uh, who is a, a, a expert 
in contingency legislation. He not only drafted legislation for Indiana, but he also uh, uh, did the research on finding all these previous court cases that are stood court court challenge. So we're in a good position as far as, as legally, but as most things do, they take a political twist and there's a, a things going on behind the scenes. There are people who are pushing the legislature, both the leadership are they're pushing and outside pro-life organizations to go with the reconvene after the Supreme Court decision. Now, Mike, I don't need to tell you some of the things that happened back in the uh, RIFRA days when every dog and his half-brother threatened Indiana with not coming to Indiana for their convention. We're going to pull our business. We're not going to have the NCAA. Angie's list. uh, (laughs) Angie's list, which which was already dying. (laughs) And the Chamber of Commerce coming in saying, our businesses can't get people can't hire people because in indiana abortion is illegal and that means oh that gosh. we can't i mean we're only yeah. limited by our imaginations yeah. and the chamber I, of commerce by the way is so far left it's not even used to be a conservative right. organization back 50 years ago it is absolutely pathetically disgusting now but as i recall back in those days um, everybody folded like a cheap suitcase. Yeah, they and, did. And, yeah. uh, and Riffra? Here we are. Oh, yeah. Over Riffra, yeah. Yeah, uh, so why should we think it's going to be yeah. any different yeah. with this issue? Can you imagine? They don't have a backbone. You're right. They're going to fold on this. If, Absolutely. If the yeah. NCAA comes out, if Salesforce, if all these, yeah. and they threaten Governor Holcomb, he's going to say, oh, for the sake of the economy, we can't yeah. call well, and I, I think, yeah. you know, you said something earlier, Kathy. I, I, if, I can, if I can switch this just sure. a little bit. I think that understanding the legislative action here, uh, some of our our listeners go, yeah, that's really cool. Thanks for explaining that. I really appreciate that. But I don't know if you ever read Uncle Tom's Cabin, but that's the one that Lincoln credits. He says, you're the little lady that caused this great big war. You know, he he says that to uh, Harriet Beecher Stowe, right? What she did was she she took stories that were indeed happening mm-hmm. and brought those things together to, to say, this is how this affected this man and these people. And he, and it made it very much of a narrative that the American heart could wrap around. And I think that you said, I could, I could tell you stories that will make your, your hair curl. I think those are the types of stories that get people to stand up and say, that's what you're going to defend, Chamber of Commerce. You're going to defend this. You're, you know, if it, it it has to it has to break the American heart, absolutely, in order to get them to stand up on their two feet and say we refuse to have this be a part of our story anymore. Well, so the- I would actually invite you this is jesus sex and politics we offend people on a daily basis <laughs> you're so, my kind of guy we we really are I, I i can sense a kindred spirit mm-hmm. so offend away because our listeners have to know how you wage war against bullies is to punch him in the face right and and you, and they need the ability to do that well the contingency language issue is about specific children, um, Sam, Julie, Sarah, Bobby, you name them, that will die 
if the Supreme Court returns the authority to the states and Indiana is not in a position to end abortion right then, can you imagine, it just blows my mind, the number of children, these little innocent children that I just named, that will die between the time the Supreme Court decision is handed down and the time that the governor, if he decides to, calls a special session, they all come back to Indianapolis and on and on and on. How many babies will die every day? Because I can tell you that any day that an abortion facility is shut down, babies are saved. Mm-hmm. So it's it just blows my mind that we're talking about political maneuvering and uh, all kinds of, uh, uh, is this legal? Is it not? Yeah, hey, a- let's, let's, hit, let's swing for the fence because if we get that decision, we will save babies immediately, no matter if it's challenged in court. As a pastor, I get so sick and tired of hearing, you know, you need to stay out of politics. This is not oh. politics, this is morality. Absolutely. And, and if anybody thinks as pastors... We should stay neutral on something so egregiously evil. Absolutely. Um, We should not. So any pastor listening to this, this is a moral issue. If you say, well, I would have stood against slavery and you do nothing here, I say you would have done nothing then. Right. The point is for me, and this is what is motivating me to push against Uh, the authorities uh, in the political system and even the pro-life organizations is these little babies that will die needlessly if the Supreme Court hands down the decision that we anticipate. If they don't, then we've done our best. But just because we think maybe the Supreme Court won't decide in our favor doesn't mean that we don't uh, that we aren't prepared to save those little babies from day one. I, I amen. Uh, I, I just get so, uh, I, I don't know, frustrated. I, I just attempted to get an update from legislators that I work with uh, just before we started recording. And they tell me that uh, they don't know. Uh, they have no update on our attempt to pass this legislation. Now, I have several legislators who want to do it, but uh, especially in the Senate, it's almost impossible to do. And Micah, as you mentioned, we're getting close to the end of the session, way past the bill filing deadline. So the only way that this can happen is to have the contingency language amended onto a moving bill. Uh, And I don't I don't see it. It's unlikely at this point that it will happen. So just so Indiana uh, uh, Hoosiers, just people around the state know when they're listening, your legislature, if this, if it, if Roe is overturned and thrown back to the states in June and we don't do much for the first few months or, or until next year's right. session, and God forbid, just know that the legislators had a chance to do it. Hold them accountable. Get The Senate, I mean, I'm telling you what, the Republican senators are, they're spineless. I, I, have, I have been so 
unbelievably disappointed with the the Indiana Senate. Uh, they have a super majority, thirty nine senators, only eleven Democrats, and they are getting they are getting drugged along by the eleven Democrats and the teachers union and just the it, Chamber of Commerce. It's unconscionable. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's not acceptable. It's not acceptable at all. And you have these senators that have the audacity to say, "Well, we have to be diplomatic. Well, we have to play the game. Well, we have to have a seat at the table." No, this is. This is morality. You you have a chance to stop the murder of thousands of babies, and you did nothing. Right. That is unbelievably unacceptable, and we are going to vote you out of and, office. As a Hoosier, I am getting so sick and tired of hearing out awesome legislation coming from the House and then uh, and then defeated in, the, in the Senate. In the Senate. Yeah. Because yeah. you guys won't take it up. Yeah. So, uh, uh, pro tem. Uh, Rod, Rod Bray, Rod Bray yeah. has gone on record saying that he is linking arms with the governor on this issue and uh, what an uh, idiot. expecting the governor <laughs> to call yeah, a right. special if session. If Rod Bray, if you want to, if if he want, thinks Indiana Hoosiers in any way, shape, or form are going to give him the benefit of the doubt that oh, you think the governor is going to do something on this? You are foolish, Rod. You have no business being the leader of the Senate. If you think Governor Holcomb is going to call back a special session and that's the the that's the horse you're hitching your cart to, you have no business leading the Senate. Well, let me point out that Governor Holcomb just, I think it was in December, it might have been November, but I think it was December, gave a full license to Whole Women's Health in South Bend to do abortions. We've been fighting this issue for years in court. He did not have to do that. Uh, He only had to comply with the decision that was handed down by the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals to inspect Whole Women's Health. So he gave them a more, full more, license yeah. which he did not need to do. So now they can do abortions even even then some. So they right. they have a bigger platform, a, right. an easier way to do abortions. Right. Yep. So now we're supposed to believe that this governor is going to call a yeah. special session when he has just played his hand yeah. on giving a full license to Whole Women's yep. Health, the abortion facility in By South the way, Bend, Indiana. Uh, Rod Bray is down in Morgan County, so that's part of his district. And so, if you're in Morgan County, get on the phones and hold Bray account because just because he's the senator of the uh, or the president of the Senate, it doesn't mean he can't be booted in the next election. I mean, we just saw this in New Jersey: a truck driver beat the top Democrat senator in their state legislature. He spent 150 bucks. 150 bucks and and beat and beat the uh, uh, the the leading Democrat senator over there. So all that to say, Morgan County residents, get get your butt in gear and and hold Bray accountable. Don't let him think that hitching his cart to Holcomb's horse is the right is the right move because Holcomb's gonna he's not gonna do anything on this. I promise you, he's not. Well, uh, Micah, you are exactly right about taking out leaders. It reminds me of a fight we had with the uh, pro tem that what preceded Dave Long, um, Bob Garten. And we were, he killed pro-life legislation in the last hours of uh, a specific session. So we were able to partner with others and we took him out in the primary. Um, Senator Greg Walker beat him in the primary. So it is possible. We We serve a big God who holds... Um, all of us accountable. But back to what people can do right now. So Rod Bray, complicit with uh, a big pro-life organization in Indiana, decided that they would 
uh, run this strategy to uh, get the governor to call a special session. And it, the, the, the uh, plan was for that to just go and nobody would know anything about it and we would just move on. However, we need to make certain that every legislator, senator, representative, leadership knows that we know that this was possible. There's still a, a possibility that this can happen before the 15th of March, but they need to know we know. So uh, I couldn't emphasize enough the importance of letting your legislators know that uh, you know all about this and that you expect them to do the right thing to save the babies. Mm-hmm. Um, it may still happen. I am uh, not optimistic at this point, but um, who knows? Yeah, yeah. The uh, it's it's an amazing work you're doing, Kathy. Keep it up. Um, the the another thing I want to get to here is um, this idea of different uh, pro-life factions fighting each other. And so there's a, you've been kind of in this, in this world a little bit too, where you've been taking fire, not just from the, the left and from those who are adamantly, you know, pro-abortion, you actually take fire from, you would probably talk, call them the, the, the far right or the, little bit more of the extreme yeah the abolitionists and and i know many of them and i and i work with them and there's uh their hearts are to end abortion just like yours is but you take fire from that group for being incrementalists and this is what i want to kind of hit on today a little bit is we've i don't see and and if you're in indiana it's it would be kind of like the hoosiers for life kind of kind of people they they have they're strong pro-life minded people they they want to end abortion today you want to you want to end abortion today. Your Absolutely. your strategy is different than theirs. Those their, their strategy is just the governor and the legislature should just make it illegal in Indiana, and it should just be done with. And the the it will go through the courts. The Supreme Court will say it's unconstitutional. Indiana, you gotta you gotta allow it to happen. The governor and the legislature will say to the Supreme Court, "Go pound sand. This is our state. What are you gonna do? Send in the national or the the military to shut us down?" So th- this is kind of that's their mindset. Right. Just to, just end it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's always it, it just it's right to end abortion. So just do it. What is your pushback on that a little bit for those who are listening? Because there's a lot of listeners who will probably say, yeah, we should just end it. We should just tell the federal government right. to go pound sand. And I know your heart would be to do the same thing. But mm-hmm. why Why hasn't Right to Life done that? Tell us the back the backstory behind the, the wisdom behind the incrementalist approach. Okay. Well, to begin with, I've been called out by the, the abolitionist, all the groups uh, here in Indiana specifically for being responsible for the deaths of 8,000 babies. Yep. And which that, if they're, if you're doing, if you're an abolitionist and you're calling out Kathy Humbarger for the death of 8,000 <laughs> babies, just stop. That is absolutely the stupidest thing. It undermines your whole argument and it undermines the work you want to do. And it, it doesn't help. You're, you're turning your sword on your own people. Right. Yeah. I don't uh, argue with their strategy on the basis of, could it happen if everybody did what you just described? Yep. My point is, that's not going to happen in the world in which we live. It's just not. And we, why, why not? Because the people, the legislators are not going to pass that kind of legislation. They don't have the backbone. The governor's yep. not going to sign it. But even if that happened, yep. under the current Roe decision and Casey decision, the lower courts must hold that, legis- that kind of legislation uh, as unconstitutional. 
we don't like it, but that's the way it is. So in the lower courts, the courts have to take the case. So it would um, ultimately be decided at the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. And we have had mixed uh, success at the the Seventh Circuit. Uh, But if they find this unconstitutional, which they must, and it's appealed to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court does not have to take it. So that means that whatever the decision is at the Seventh Circuit, we'd have to live with. And my biggest concern, well, there are a lot of concerns, but this is a, a just makes my, my blood run cold, is part of their legislation is to, to strike all the laws that we passed over the last decade to regulate abortion facilities yep. and uh, abortion doctors. So, so they would wipe out. So the 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 abolitionists would say, "Hey, because abortion is illegal, wick, illegal we don't need, these we don't need regulation regulation laws." Absolutely. And then the seventh court would strike it down, and then there would be no regulations potentially. Well, depending for, uh, now, the the uh, abolitionists claim that there's a, a, a severability clause in the laws, but I have seen so many bad decisions in the courts yeah. that I don't want to trust an injunction that would enjoin the uh, abortion is illegal, but not the part about striking yeah. all the regulations. So um, in a perfect world, uh, it, we wouldn't have abortion in the first yeah. place, but um, I can understand their strategy. It's not practical unless we get a Dobbs decision that's favorable. Okay. Then it's a different ballgame. Yeah. So so th- this this is what I've kind of told the, some of the abolitionist friends that I have. And and I said, listen, you, you go back to World War II. We dropped the two atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. and uh, But it would not have been effective if we first didn't storm the beaches of Normandy. Right. If we didn't do the hard work on the ground and taking inch by inch by inch with bloodshed and going after Hitler and 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 undermining the axis of evil and and really going through and 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 just inch by inch if we would have dropped the atomic bombs in Japan too early it would have backfired mm-hmm. it, it would certainly would have backfired but it was the final blow that ended it all and right. it was dropped they were dropped necessarily and it was done with I would say wisdom even though it was a horrible thing there were thousands of people that died there were uh, historians say there would have been millions more that would have died both Americans and Japanese if we would have had to invade Tokyo invade Japan the mainland Japan and so so I look at the abolitionists and say you guys are kind of the atomic bomb Mm-hmm. of the of the abortion uh fight that we're in right now right to life is kind of like the the marines that were storming normandy mm-hmm. taking inch by inch don't don't like both both sides are good but stop dropping the atomic bomb on your on your marine friends and then your marine friends start, stop turning your guns on the atomic bomb people we need both we just have to be wise in when and how we we walk those strategies out to your point if dobbs goes the way we want then there could really be some Absolutely. some validity to this strategy that the abolitionists are are calling for. Absolutely. Yeah. Practically speaking, there is just we're going to lose more babies with their strategy than we are with the incremental strategy because we've cut the abortion rate in half in the state of Indiana. Now, my friends with uh, Hoosiers for Life say to me, "Well, yeah, but there's still eight thousand babies." that are dying. Well, yeah, but what about the 8,000 that, that we, we have saved? Yeah. Uh, do they matter? Well, 
for the record, I've attempted to have conversations with the Hoosiers for Life leaders, and I've given up because they uh, are they take the position that unless you support what they want to do, you're not a Christian. Yeah. And uh, I, there's no way to rebut that kind of <laughs> of attack. You can so, say, unless you support what I want to do, you're not a Christian. So then yeah. we can, you know, we yeah. can throw theology. We can do the right. Jesus jukes all day long. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so um, they're passionate. I love them for yeah. their passion. I understand their impatience and their frustration. Yeah. Um I view this whole fight differently. I agree with your analogy completely. Yeah, it's and if again, if you're in Hoosiers for Life, we love you and we absolutely support the the heart behind what you're doing. But we've got to be able to come together and unify to get. We're not unifying around wickedness. This isn't like unifying with you know evil. No, you at both sides. I, I know the right to life people and I know the Hoosiers for Life people. I would say many on both of those sides love Jesus. They know the Lord. They're trying to honor Him. They're mm-hmm. walking with Him. It's just different strategies, and we got to stop turning the sword on each other and start turning the sword on our enemy, which really is the devil and the principalities and the rulers that are rulers of the air that are that are manipulating the minds of those on the left to think that abortion is okay. Our our battle is certainly not against flesh and blood. You're exactly right. Well, and we we still have to just keep fighting for heart. You know, heart by heart by heart. Right. Absolutely. You know, this is a. Uh, we want to make you know, abortion unthinkable, yeah. not just illegal. And That's it good. needs to be something that is in the mouth of all believers mm-hmm. that you're, you know, you, you've got to have those personal conversations, not just, not just with your children and, you know, your best friend, but how do you take somebody who has not really thought through the argument at all? Right. And, 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 and show them, hey, this is worth fighting for and fighting over and Mm -hmm. uh you know when 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 you're looking at your your voting and i think everybody that that's a believer in the word of god it it baffles my mind that they they don't vote pro-life but um if they if they did i think you just really got to look at your legislators to see do we have a leader here that's really willing to stand up not just to get that vote uh, and oh yeah, theoretically yes. I uh, no. Tell me what you've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, let's really hold those people accountable to action. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm also concerned that as this issue goes on after the next election, election cycle here in Indiana, we're going to have um, an even more. Um, uh, appeasing uh, group of legislators uh, with less commitment to doing the heavy lifting. I could be wrong. I hope and pray that I'm wrong, but I'm just concerned that those uh, in the party that has been most pro-life are going to uh, continue to drift over mm. to the uh, uh, Republicans that we it's kind of complacent a little bit. The exactly, more, yeah. and the Chamber of Commerce yeah. uh, mindset. Uh, I call them uh, Rockefeller Republicans. That tells yeah. you how old I am. But <laughs> they're much more concerned. Rockefeller, um, isn't that a square in, in uh, <laughs> New York City? Uh, isn't it? Uh, well, <laughs> they're much more concerned about fiscal issues, and I understand that. But social issues, 
not so much. Here's here's what what I where I am thankful for the Hoosiers for Life people is that they um, they've really scared I think House Republicans because they in this last uh, election cycle or leading up to 2022 they've they've got 30 I, th- I believe over 30 candidates running who are in that abolitionist mindset against or for seats in the House or against incumbents even Republicans and I think it's kind of scared in a good way it's scared the House Republicans to get on their butt and start being more conservative which is great and 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 maybe that's maybe that's what we have to do in the Senate is we got to start now looking okay what right. are those senators that the, who are those senators we can primary even the Republicans that that really have no business I mean I think of I I know Liz Brown up in Fort Wayne she's a senator she's um she's I know she's strong uh pro life but boy she's terrible when it comes to constitutional carry but so this isn't even just one is like one issue it's like hey we got to look at the the leaders who are from a constitutional perspective life liberty and the pursuit of happiness it has to be that minds we need those leaders that will defend life and defend liberty in that order and right and yeah. um, senator brown has come out in support of reconvening okay. in the summer okay uh, after the the Dobbs decision, so she's so she's well, well she, but here's the thing, this is what's going to happen. She doesn't have the authority to reconvene. So what she's saying right now, she's playing her cards. She's saying it's not. I won't. I just have to come out and say it. It's really the governor. And if the governor doesn't do it, then I can wash my hands and say, well, it's the governor's fault, not mine. I would have done it. This is all political calculations, unfortunately. You're exactly right. Yeah. You are and, exactly right. Um, the one concern I have about the strategy of Hoosiers for Life from a political perspective is there are a handful of legislators who fight for what, what we, the values we hold dear, and they're primarying those legislators. I'm not sure that's the wisest thing to do. Well, it maybe not, maybe not, but I would say this. I think it sends a message to leadership. And that's where that's where I might disagree. I don't want to see good legislators get kicked out. Mm-hmm. But I also do want to see leadership like be like, oh man, we lost good legislators. And we lost it because of bad leadership. And to those, to those legislators who are not leadership that are getting primaried by other conservatives, it's not personal against you. It's against the leadership of the GOP in Indiana. And if you don't like it, my advice to you is go to your leadership and say, get your butt in gear because I'm taking the heat because you're in action. Right. Well, let's look at this contingency legislation that we've uh, touched on several times during this conversation. What better talking point in a primary campaign when uh, a good legislator is being attacked by the abolitionists, the Hoosiers for Life, than to say, look, here's what we've done. The minute that uh, the Roe decision is overturned and the authority is back to the states, we're going to end abortion here. That seems to me to be a good campaign point to counter uh, the more extreme position of the abolitionist. Yeah. I don't know. Call me crazy, but it seems like that would certainly be an issue that they could use in a campaign. And I just go back to kind of the Liz Brown analogy that they don't, those legislators don't have the authority to be the ones calling it in. Like they, 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 I think to the Hoosiers for life where, where I rec, where I recognize their frustration is that it's, it's I, okay, I'm sorry. We have to go after you. You're in my district. You might be a good rep, but I, but you're not obviously able to motivate your leadership to do the right thing. And well, I think that's, yeah, the, a, my, um, 
strategy would yeah. be for these legislators to go to their leadership now yes. and say, I need this I need your help. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need during this the primary. during the primary. Right. Yes. Um, I, yeah. This is something that makes political sense. Yes. Uh, even if they don't listen to the cries. Because I'm telling board. you right now, if those if you even get 10 of those Hoosiers for Life people to win these elections, they are going to be a thorn in the flesh to Todd Houston and the GOP caucus come next year. Mm-hmm. And they think they think Kurt Nisley and John Jacob are a problem. Just wait until there's 10 more of them in there. And and I and I again I think this is a good this is good to have this competition. I'm a competition guy. Mm-hmm. I, I I love competition. Mm-hmm. And you got two very you got conservatives fighting it out for who's the more conservative. That's a good thing, right? But but that that goes on Todd Houston to say, yeah, to your point, we need we should do something right now while we have the time Absolutely. and the authority, so that I can give my my uh, caucus some cover from from these these tough and opponents. Sometimes you have to decide between the caucus members and the Chamber of Commerce, and the other people who are pressuring you to not take the right position on contingency language. Yeah, that, that's so true. I, I'm i excited, cautiously optimistic for what the future holds here uh, in, around the nation. Uh, just if you're listening, remember, America, we have murdered over 65, that's a conservative estimate, mm-hmm. by the way, 65 million children. Just to put it in perspective, Hitler killed 11 million innocent people. Mm-hmm. Stalin killed 21 million innocent people. We collectively have done way, way worse in the eyes of God. So then, now we're carting our stupid policy off to other countries oh, yeah. to help them kill their children. Yes, yes. at yep. our at taxpayers' at, 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 yeah. and Americans pay for it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. You go back right. to we we love to go back to the founders. That's the Hyde Amendment that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we 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 love to go back to our founders. Because history has a has a way of repeating itself, you know. Um, when it, it wasn't actually uh, the Americans that came up with slavery, it was the Brits who had it mm-hmm. here, and they weren't the first to do it because right. the whole world had practiced it, right? I remember but, the Egyptians under yeah, Pharaoh. yeah, yeah under Pharaoh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you if you look at you know even with our Declaration of Independence, when that was signed. There were, I think, five or six states that immediately banned uh, slavery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm a Pennsylvanian. You know, that was one of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's even, go go back, there's contingency language, right? right? Yeah. We're going to shoot this thing down the moment that we can. Right. And it took... A long time after that, you know, we we it, the fight it, a war. It, it took till the Civil War. Yeah. It took seven hundred fifty thousand Americans dying in order to fix it. But but you have to fight at every stage of the game that you can, right, to save this one. You right. know the the Bobby and the Sue and the, right and, and, and the Mike. I try to use uh, the terminology that abortion kills innocent unborn boys and girls. We talk about fetuses. We, That's we right. talk about it's boys unborn. And girls. That's right. These are innocent boys and girls, little children, boys and girls that yeah. we are allowing and encouraging in some cases an abortionist to rip apart limb from limb and throw away Amazing. with surgical waste. That's the truth. Yeah. And when people say they support a woman's right to choose, we must follow that up with choose what. And we must have a spine to 
be concerned about each one of those little innocent unborn boys and girls and their mothers their mothers believe the lie that for a, a, a price an abortionist can give her a do-over yeah. and erase the life of her child when i have talked to so many women who have had an abortion uh, decision in their past and my heart breaks for them that tell me the only thing the abortionist did was to make them the mother of a dead baby so we must not forget mm. these women and reach out to them mm -hmm. with compassion and mercy and forgiveness at the foot of the cross of the Lord mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, which Amen. is where I find forgiveness for Amen. my sins. Amen. The ground is level there. But these women are victims as well. And that's another point that I disagree with Hoosiers for Life. They want to prosecute women who have abortions. Oh, interesting. Um, and th this is just uh, unacceptable to yeah. me. These women make decisions because they believe lies that they're told for the most part. And uh, they live with a lifetime of regret. Yeah. I, I had a, uh, a young man in my youth ministry uh, who grew up and then, you know, his, his girlfriend, he got his girlfriend pregnant. She went out and had an abortion. And I remember being on the phone with him and he was just devastated. Right. right? Broken heart. He had no, no power to stop it. And, and, um, you know, it's just, it's just a whole list of body bags that are left behind Absolutely. abortion, you know, You're exactly and, right. and that's why I think you have to tell the details, the story, the ugly side of what goes on in that place. The, the, what was his name? Gosner, you know, Gosnell. Uh, yeah. Well, we had Gosnell. our own clopper. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. that was stashed all the baby's bodies. 2,500, wasn't um, it? 411, I believe, was the exact 2005, number. Yeah. or 411. In his garage and in an abandoned, the trunk of an he abandoned had car. Baby, he had babies in jars. In bags. In bags. Like, yeah, little baggies. All, all over. The, 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 I mean, it's like Hannibal Lecter oh type stuff. Yeah. You know? Sorry it, to interrupt no, you, but no, I wanted but to make certain that everybody understands. Yeah. Gosnell was not an outlier. We yeah. had our own clopper, mm -hmm. and there are and those are the abortion clinics. More. You got the four, the three in Indiana. Right. You got clopper abortion clinics shut down. Right. He died in 2017. Uh, something like let's that. Let's see. 2000. I think it was either nine. I think it was in September of 2019. Okay, and then yeah. that's when they discovered all the bodies that's right. of these children. Mm -hmm. And I must say that uh, Attorney General at the time, Curtis uh, Hill. Curtis Hill yeah. did a magnificent yes, did. job yeah, retrieving love, love those babies' Hill. bodies and yeah. then ha making certain that they had a dignified burial. Amazing. Uh, he said these babies must be kept together. They've been together for 20 years. Wow. And uh, I, I just cannot appreciate or express my appreciate appreciation to him and words fail me yeah. uh, the dignity he did a great he, job in he that. did yeah. we, we've uh you know we lost rush limbaugh a year ago mm -hmm. one of the things that uh boast nerdly that the, the yeah. guy who lived by the name boast nerdly mm -hmm. he he um James something. What is it? James golden uh, golden I golden. Yes. Yeah, I, think I think right. so. Yeah. Um, he talked about, uh, the lessons that Rush taught us in the fight. And one of them is go after the false premise. Right. You know, my body, my choice. Well, it's not your body. Absolutely. It's somebody else's well, body. And we have scientific right? evidence yeah. to prove that. that. That's mm -hmm. exactly right. So take, you, you've got, you got to fight for every inch of truth. Don't, 
don't uh, let them get away with false premises. Mm-hmm. And the other thing Rush told us is stay on the offensive. Right. Just keep attacking the the you you, you want to save every life. You you can't let this go Absolutely. until it's eradicated. And from I can't I cannot tell you how many times I've wanted to throw in the towel since the middle of December on this contingency legislation. Uh, but I just can't. I just can't because I think of those little boys and girls, and I, I, their their names run through my head, and I just can't. Uh, I'll, from a human perspective, I pro- will probably lose this one, but it won't be because I didn't do everything I could think of yeah. to uh, to see it to a good end. Well, in the world, you know, uh, some sometimes people say, "Well, it's not reasonable." You know, but I, I think that 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 passion and heart towards something has to conform the world to the vision of what many will say is not reasonable to get done. Right. You just have to keep if 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 God's laid it on your heart to do it, and you keep fighting no matter what. Right. You know. Uh, that reminds me, Micah. We've had several conversations about this over the last few weeks. And the most encouraging thing I've heard from anyone came from you, and that is your reminder that the battle belongs to the Lord. Amen. Amen. I appreciate that so much. Oh, well, you're welcome. I mean, it's, uh, it, we've all been there. I mean, and, and if you, but if you go back throughout Scripture, look at the most amazing stories and characters that we read in the Bible. They all had to come to that realization: like this is too big of a battle. Right. It's too. There's too powerful an enemy. I can't do this, Lord. You have to be the one to do this. You look at Gideon. The Lord said, Gideon, you have too many men. Whittle it down even mm-hmm. more. I mean, and, I mean, just this idea that God is going to get the glory, to your point what you said at the beginning of this podcast, God is going to get the glory. And sometimes he gets the glory by using uh, you you and me and Nathan, and uh, in but putting us in situations where it is totally over our head. Like we're like, yeah. we're just like, ah, I don't know what to do here. Lord, you got to do this. And he comes in. And somehow, well, the worse the, the odds, victory, yeah, you know, the worse the odds, the more the glory, yeah, for, for the Lord. Well, and absolutely. You, you go to, you know, we're we're preaching through First uh, Samuel right yeah. now, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, First Samuel chapter fourteen is Jonathan, who's got a sword. His dad's got a sword. He's got six hundred people, and they're hiding in a cave. Mm-hmm. But Jonathan, the king's son thinks to himself it's not right that the Pharisees uh, that 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 the uh, Philistines are 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 here in our land and he says to his armor bearer he says who's to know whether the lord will save us by many or by few i've got a, an idea let's go a- attack the enemy in their garrison yeah. to see what would happen and then he creates this this situation before the lord lord if you want me to do this make it so that they Call us, you know, call us up to, 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 to teach us a lesson. Mm-hmm. Let them stay in their pride. If, if, if they show themselves prideful, we'll know that this was you who wanted us to attack them. And if it's, if, the, if, if they say you stay there and we'll come to you like they're actually scared of us, we'll know run away in this situation, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. But I love the answer of the, of the armor bearer. The armor bearer says, Jonathan, whatever is in your mind, do it. Mm-hmm. I am with you, heart and soul. And I think that's the Holy Spirit's um, encouragement to our hearts, mm-hmm. that he comes beside us and says, do you, 
do you want to do this in my name? You know, let's go, let's go do it. And really the Holy Spirit is, you know, he clothes himself in us. Mm-hmm. He puts us on and says, now let's see what can be accomplished. And the, the Bible says that Jonathan killed and after him, the armor bearer killed after him. And in the, in the span of an acre, they'd killed like 20 or 40 people or whatever. And then God is looking from heaven and it says that he thundered from heaven. Oh. And it caused confusion in the camp of the Philistines. Imagine a garrison of Philistines go running away from a, 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 a young man with a sword and his armor bearer who picked something up to kill after him. Wow. Right? And it says the earth quaked. See, I think God looks at these situations and he goes, if you do something, wait till I thunder from heaven because I just can't sit still and let you do it by yourself. (laughs) Absolutely. And that translates to everybody that's listening to this podcast because everyone that's listening and agrees that Indiana needs to be prepared to save the first baby as soon as possible Amen. can be an armor bearer. And by that, I mean, pick up your phone. This sounds basic and, and maybe uh, mundane. Call your legislator and let them know that you want them to pass contingency legislation to save babies and you expect them to do it before the end of this session. I am amazed at how many people are so afraid to pick up the phone and call their legislator. In the first place, you won't talk to your legislator, (laughs) but the person answering the phone is keeping hash marks Mm -hmm. and they report to the legislators. Mm -hmm. We got this many calls in support of saving babies the day, the first day that we're able to do that. Mm -hmm. That means something. Mm -hmm. So I'm calling anybody that's listening to this podcast to please be an armor bearer. And that your, the phone is the armor in this case. Yeah. 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 Your mom says something, Nathan, uh, one plus God equals the majority. Right. So that's exactly (laughs) right. Yeah. Yeah. Who's to know whether the Lord will save us by many or by few, but you might be, I always heard that if, if a company gets a call or a letter, they view that. I mean, this was back in the nineties. I heard this, but they view it as if 2000 people had just reported on what they think. Legislators have reported the same thing, you know? So, so we can do that. If there's any way that we can serve the people who are listening to this podcast, help you to know where to go in order to find out who your legislators are, what district you're in, who you're going to call, you know, who you put pressure on. We're happy to serve you in that way. And, uh, we just want to thank our, our listeners. Hey, give us a like if, uh, if this helped you today and let's, let's continue to, to be the blowtorch of, of freedom and life here in Indiana. So and, uh, thank you, Kathy. So yes, much thank you for so everything much. you're doing. Yep. God bless you. And so I love, welcome. love your passionate yep. heart. I, <laughs> well, thank same you. Yep. Thank you so much for the airtime. Yep. I really yep. appreciate it. God bless yes, both of you. Thank you. And if you go to, uh, um, iga.in.gov click on information and it'll say uh find your legislator and it'll it'll you'll be able to type in your address and it'll tell you who your your representative is is and your state senator give them that one more time Mike. so iga.in.gov iga.in.gov 
and uh, and you'll be able to get all that information there. And that's how you find your legislator. So um, this is we're in a crucial time. This is a battle, but remember the battle belongs to the Lord. Just um, you know, and I, as you were saying that, pick up your phone. That just kind of felt like the Lord just spoke to me. He said the phone is what Jonathan's armor bearer picked up. Like not not he didn't like yeah, it's right. symbolic yeah. for he, he, he picked, picked something he picked up. A weapon up. He picked at some something point. up. And the phone is our weapon. If you think about it, our voice is a sword. I mean, that's the the, the Lord Hence says liberty. Yep, exactly. That's that's what's happening. So you're picking up that weapon, which is the phone. Your sword is speaking, is going into that phone, and and somebody on the other end is 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 getting a is you're you're striking with the sword of truth. And that's what we need from you right now. So iga.in.gov, and uh, we'll just be praying that man that Dobbs is uh, is 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 uh, is going to be able to send this back to the states. Ideally, it'd be great if they just outlaw abortion um, overall. It probably won't happen, but even if it doesn't, you know, we're, we're going to, in Indiana, we're, we, we need to be ready. So tell your legislator. So, but Kathy, thank you so much. It was a joy. You are, you are definitely somebody that we look up to and you know, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome to follow in your footsteps. We're so. all in this together. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. We are. So, all right. Well, Hey, this has been Jesus, sex and politics. Uh, what am I supposed to say? I'm Micah and I'm Nathan. <laughs> And we talk about all those things that culture doesn't want to talk about that will scare you. We hope you had an awesome time listening. Catch us next time. Subscribe, like. We'll we'll talk to you next time. Yep. See you. God bless you.